Welcome to People's Church radio program. If you find this broadcast to be helpful, please let us know. You can call us at 780-539-0572 or email mail at peopleschurchgp.com. I want to talk to you today and we're going to take it to your relationships, but it really... All relationships, how to do them well is coming out of this whole series that we're talking about, relationships or family, God's way. See, God has a certain way of doing family and doing relationships. And if we honor the way he does it, we're going to win at what we do. And so we've covered some very challenging, deep subjects. Not so much, you know, let's work on communication. No, we've gone to the heart of the matter, what's behind, and we've talked about the need for grace. We've talked the need about breaking beyond the limits of experience in history. We've talked that there's deeper things that control the practice of skills. So it's not been a skill-based teaching on relationships. It's been a heart-based, a God-based. And today is no different. We're going to talk about the one condition that makes relationship health impossible. Absolutely impossible. If this condition exists in any of your relationships, you cannot build that relationship. It just can't happen. And the word that we're going to use is the word indifference. Indifference is an interesting word because it's, it's a word that says that I can be a part of something, receiving truth even, and I can have a response that's not hot, it's not cold. I can have a response that's just indifferent. Can you imagine sitting and listening to the Sermon on the Mount and then after it's all done say something like, eh, that's indifference. We do that though often, maybe even in our relationships. When indifference creeps in, it's extremely disrespectful to the other person. To be indifferent to a person's presence or to a person's words or to a person's needs is the coldest, it's beyond cold. It is something that is really, I'm going to say evil. It's something very dark. It's just, it's a complete disrespect. It's a devaluing. We've talked about some of these things already. It, it, it's the worst way that you can actually treat somebody. You cannot reach any lower than to be indifferent to them. It's better if you're cold. That's what the scriptures say. It's better if you're clear and you're cold. You say, oh, I listened to the Sermon on the Mount and, you know, Jesus, uh, that all sounds good, but I'm not in agreement with you on this point, this point, or this point. You are in a better place than the person that goes, eh. Because you have a point of engagement. You have a point where you have a connection, even if it's a connection of disagreement, it's a connection. Relationships aren't about always having agreement. Relationships are about having connection. Indifference kills connection. When you've been treated indifferently, it gets you to the core. You will have an angry response or very discouraged. You're gonna, it's going to have a deep emotional thing going on when you're treated indifferently. Either your presence your words that you've just said, or your actions. When people are indifferent to it, hot or cold, you can take. But indifference, 
when you can sit beside each other hours on end and be indifferent. You must understand how dark that really is. That's the worst place you can be. Absolute worst. Oftentimes it looks like this. It kind of looks like just kind of retreat. It's where you can put yourself into neutral and not engage with the truth around you or the truth that's being spoken or the truth of the reality. I know she's hurt, but I can disengage. I can be indifferent. I know I just disrespected him, but I can just be indifferent to them. Do you see how tragic that is when relationships get there? Indifference is the opposite of love. Hate is not the opposite of love. Indifferences. Even in hate, you have a connection. Yes, it needs work, but now you know it needs work. Indifference. That word has been grabbing me for a few weeks as I've been prepping this particular weekend. It's grabbed me hard, and that's why we've gone with this hot and cold. See, what the Lord is saying to this church in Laodicea, he's saying to them, guys, you think you got everything you need, and you think you don't need nothing else. You think that you're in this place where you can just be totally on your own. No other connection needed. I do not need to go further. I do not need to go deeper. We are just in an indifferent state. His response to that, he says, is, no, I just wish, I really wish you were hot or cold. But because you're lukewarm, there's only one response I can have. This is the point. It's not like he's choosing, like, I'm mad at you and I'm just going to vomit you out. He's saying, you leave me only one response. I have to vomit that out. Because I won't let it stay. It's coming out of God's mouth, meaning truth you've rejected in an indifferent way, not because you even challenged it or called to it. You were just, eh. In a relationship, that's why it's so damaging is because there's only one response that you've given. You can't work on the negative because the cold is not acknowledged. You can't, you can't increase or enjoy the heat Because the heat is something that you're not buying into because you'd have to really do connection differently. This is for every relationship. So then the relationship, you are in a place where it must actually just be vomit. It can't, there's nothing, what do you say? What words can go to that state? Would you reconsider? Let's go over the Sermon on the Mount one more time. One more time. Let's try a different version. Just, is that what you do? No, the mouth has no more play. What truth can be brought? No truth. So vomit out the stuff. In relationships, this is the greatest threat to your relationships is that 
you are going to move into indifference. If I had two coffee cups up here like we just saw in the video clip, one was hot, one was iced coffee, and they sat here for the service, what is happening? Just naturally. Where's the natural, what natural process? The natural process is one is becoming warm, one is becoming warmer. It never stays in the hot or cold. It's always going to move that way, and that's with relationships. And that's why you have to have the right kind of things present in your relationship to make sure that heat is being retained or even increased, that cold is being retained and even increased. Some of you have thought your relationship is so horrible because you have so much disagreement and you're having a lot of different you know, arguments back and forth. No, you're doing okay. You've got connection. Just bring to the arguments a deeper sense of love, respect. What's the old words? Fight fair. Some of you think that the relationship, oh, we're, we're, we're just so comfortable together. I would say, be careful. I really would. I'd say, be really careful. You see, that this indifference or lukewarmness is always got these natural processes when just left to move into the middle state that, re, that the Lord rejects. Indifference. Here's the definition of indifference. Uh, indifference is not caring what the other person does in a relationship. There are no arguments, so everything seems, may seem okay on the surface. Arguing stops because you don't care if you were right or felt hurt by another person's words or actions. You, the, the key words, you just don't care. There was a time you cared whether you were right or wrong. There was a time that you interacted. There was a time when you would feel hurt by the person's words or actions, but not these days. Because you've moved into indifference thinking that that's the way to keep them from hurting you and you have basically brought yourself into a place where you're vomiting out the relationship. It can't be held. It, there's nothing. It can't go anywhere. Here is a quote from Eli Weissel. He said, the opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. The opposite of art is not ugliness. It's indifference. The opposite of faith is not heresy. It's indifference. And the opposite of life is not death. It's indifference. You think about that for a minute. What we would normally have counted the opposites was on the cold side. And he is saying, and he's correct, and he's right in line with what Revelation teaches us on this and Christ spoke to on so many occasions, is that when there is this eh in life, this is the worst. This is the worst place to get. Not caring, not connecting, not fighting. Not supporting, of course we can go to that side. Oh yeah. Let me give you four habits out of Philippians chapter one that you need 
to retain heat and cold in your relationship. And if you break these four habits, you will create indifference in your relationship. If you honor these four habits, you instead will reinforce heat and cold in your relationships. So breaking these four habits will create indifference. Have you broken this first habit? Be grateful for the people in my life. No, I mean really grateful, heart grateful. Grateful from the bottom of your heart. Look at what Paul is speaking. This is Paul the apostle. He's speaking to this church. And he speaks to them and he says, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. He's saying every time you come to my mind, I'm thankful. I'm grateful. You know, when we go through trauma in relationships and the other person, uh, you know, is, is on the cold side and you guys are having a cold experience right now, you think that's the worst condition and it can be hard for you to be grateful. But it's very important that gratefulness exceed any other response. This is the first habit. You must learn the habit of gratefulness. To be grateful means that, just what he's saying, when I think of you, I give thanks. I am so glad you're in my life. You're a mess, but I'm so glad you're in my life. You say, that's hard because I want to be grateful that they're what they should be. No. Imagine God taking that habit with you. Well, in this moment, I'm grateful for you. Oh, next moment, not so grateful for you. I know your thoughts. I know the intentions. I know everything about you. And you want God to be grateful for you. God is grateful for you, believer. Why is he grateful for you? Because he loves you. This habit of gratefulness is incredibly powerful in creating heat and cold. When you look across the room and you see your spouse or you see your children that have just, not the spouse, but the children disobeyed you like this and then you look at them and it's like, but I sure am grateful for them. Does that ever allow your response to be governed by the right kind of thing? Gratefulness. I know that you're grateful for your children, but you need to every time be grateful for your children. You need to look at them, and when you see them, I, every time I think of them, my first thing is, I am grateful, not... <laughs> and you say, really serious? Simple as that? Simple as that. You get that habit, you will do far better dealing with them on any performance issues. Because gratefulness put you into a realm where God's activity is powerful. Indifference as a parent towards your own children is where the enemy does his greatest work. You know, they can take hot or cold from you. They can't take indifference. They can't go to the realm that says about them, eh, do whatever you want, I don't care. Be whoever you want, I really, whatever. Do you see how evil that is? Apply it to any given relationship. 
Another scripture from Philippians on this is Philippians 1.5. I thank God for the help you gave me while I preached the good news. Help you gave me from the first day you believed until now. So he's saying, I thank God for you, for the help that you gave me. Your works, he said, I'm so thankful. Gratefulness is a healthy habit. And a healthy habit, here's what you need to do so gratefulness will really go well in your life. You always must remember the best and forget the rest. Guess what we tend to remember? The worst. And we don't forget it. We forget the best. When we are remembering the worst and forgetting the best, do you understand that is a whole different kind of condition of heart than God can work with? You need to confess and repent and cleanse yourself of that kind of lukewarmness. Remember the best, forget the rest. Aren't you tired of trying to build relationship by remembering the worst and forgetting the best? Second habit, pray joyfully for the people in my life. Don't underdo this one. When you're willing to pray for somebody in your family, one of your close relationships, when you make prayer for them a habit, you are bringing in a governance that's really, really important. The governance is this. God, ultimately, they're yours. They're not mine. Pray. Philippians 1.4, Paul said, whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you, but look at this, with joy. With joy. Saying like, whenever I just make prayers for you guys, I'm filled with joy. I get that. Because when I pray for you, there's a joy about that. There's like, Lord, I just am so thankful and I'm joyful to be able to pray and Lord, to call upon you because they're yours for you to do or complete or start the work that you need to in their life and just begin to pray with that joy and you're going to find the healthy habit this It's the quickest way to change a bad relationship to a good one. It is. You stop using the biggest tool, which is partnering with God in his work in the ones that he's put closest to you. You need to pray, and not just pray, but pray with a deep joy. So what do you pray Well, we read in these scriptures, and this is my prayer, he's praying for them, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So what did he pray? He prayed basically four things. He said, first, I pray that you'll grow in love. You say, boy, that's a good way to pray for my spouse. (laughs) 
or to pray for my kids or to pray for my parents, or to pray for my brother or my sister. I pray that they will grow in love, that your love will grow more and more. In verse 9, he said, this is my prayer for you, that your love will grow more and more, and that you will have knowledge and understanding with your love. That, Lord, they're going to figure love out. They're going to figure, I pray my kids figure love out. I I pray that they'll figure out not just a love that is a very temporary fleeting thing, but something that goes deep and costs them. And they're willing to sacrifice and they're willing to grow. They're willing to do what they need to, to grow in this love. I pray that you'll grow in love. Pray for them. Pray that they make wise choices. Don't tell them all the time, here's your wise choice. You pray, God, that they will make wise choices. He said that you will fully know and understand how to make the right choices. Boy, choice is everything in a relationship. Pray for wisdom in the people, in your circle, to make wise choices. Then pray that they will live with integrity. That's what he prayed for this church. That you may live pure and blameless lives until Christ returns. Pray that they'll have an integrity from their beliefs and their values to their practices that runs right through their life. When you see the disconnect, instead of getting caught up in all the disconnects and then going into indifference, Stay actively engaged. Be grateful for them and pray for them. Pray for their integrity. And pray for them to become like Jesus. Finally, that's what he prays for this church. Becoming like Jesus is a lifetime process of internal adjustments and outside practice. Internal adjustments where your heart is changed, but it's affirmed and carried out. There's no change unless it hits the practice. And when it hits the practice, you know that you have a true discipleship going on. Change within has no merit without change without. So change within and change without are are a thing that come together, and that's becoming like Jesus. And you can pray that. Lord, they know what is right. They know what what is supposed to happen. I pray that they'll become like you on this, Jesus, because I know what their knowledge is, but they don't have the practice. God, I pray. The third thing, the third habit, is to expect the best from people in my life. This is a biggie. It says in verse six, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to the completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Expecting the best from the people in your life is not normally where we go, actually. Often where we go is we go into the complaining mode. We begin to complain about what we're receiving. We complain about their actions. We complain about them. Rather than actually expecting the best. And when they fail you, this is such a trap. Then we shut down the relationship because we grow into indifference. Well, they're not actually going to change. They haven't. So I have no expectations. I just give up expectations. It's too painful to expect the best from them. Well, God still expects the best from you. Despite all of your failures, despite all of the ways in which you have disappointed him. He still says, 
I know you got it in you. I know we're going to get there. I'm expecting the best. I'm not giving up on expecting the best from you. And that's why we should be expecting the best from those in our units, in our family, in our close relationships. Expect the best. Don't ever give up. Don't move into indifference on this. This is where most people go. They go into indifference. And it's like, I just, it's too painful to expect the best anymore. Get back to one. Be grateful. Pray for them. And then what you want to do is keep your expectation of the best. Here's your healthy habit. Celebrate how far people have come rather than judging how far they still have to go. That's hard. To stay focused on how far. Man, they have taken steps. Man, look at the journey that they have accomplished so far. Yeah, they're stuck a little bit right now. Yes, there's still, you know, there's still these in, things in them. But you see, you're focusing on them in the wrong way. You need to be the best cheerleader, the best encourager. And you say that gets tiresome. It gets tiresome either way, folks. Choose the one that produces change. Keep expecting the best. Your kid fails you. Expect the best. Your wife or husband fails you. Expect the best. Keep expecting it from your kids. Keep expecting it from your brothers, your sisters. Keep expecting the best. Don't give up. Don't move to the other side of the equation. Don't judge how far they still have to go. Don't look at that and make that your expectation. I'm not even going to expect. They just got so far to go and they're stuck and we're back at, no, 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 no. We're talking about relationships God's way and God doesn't give up on us. How welcome are the people that have disappointed you into your zone right now? Would they come in and find from you an expectation and encouragement that's lifting? Or would they come and find the focus on the gap? How far to go? How far to go? It looks, in, in Philippians 1, 7, he says this, it is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. It's just right for me to feel this way. I, I, I just celebrate you. I'm grateful for you. I pray for you and I pray these things for you and, 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 I, and it's right for me to feel this way because I have you in my heart. It's not just out here. I haven't kicked you out of my heart because you failed me here or failed me there. No, no, I, I've got you right here. And you say, I thought we just kind of keep where it's working here. Jesus said, it's really easy to love your friends. But I don't call you just to love your friends. I call you to love your, say it. If you even want to put them in that state in the phase they're in, that's fine, but he's called you to love them. What does that mean? You keep them right here. You act out of the heart. You're working for the good. Philippians uh, makes it so plain to us. Finally, Love the people in my life like Jesus does. <laughs> we left the toughest for last. 
You cannot make yourself the source of this kind of love. Your gratefulness will not make it. You will stop praying. You will not have expectations that endure for the good. You will fail in this unless you love the people in your life like Jesus does. Unless you make him the source and the expectation for your own actions of love, you will never hit these marks. You can't even grow towards it. You will move into indifference. In this room right now, there's hot moving to warm. There's cold moving to warm. Everything's moving to warm. In your relationships, in families, there's hot moving to warm. There's cold moving to warm. Everything's moving to warm. In your friendships, things are always going to move to warm. That's what this world and environment does. You're the only one that can do it different as you lean on Christ and seek to live out truly who Jesus is. Which is a tough assignment. Love the people in my life like Jesus does. Does. Verse 8, God is my witness and I t- that I tell the truth when I say that my deep feeling for you all comes from the heart of Christ Jesus himself. Paul says, I, I, I'm telling you the truth here and God is my witness that I'm loving you like Jesus loves you. Can you say that? It's a hard say. Maybe you can. I, I hope you can. But to retain that heat to work on the cold. These habits will be honored or they will fail you because you're not honoring them. Gratefulness. Hard to be grateful today? Be grateful. Just choose it. Just do it. Be grateful. They've wronged me. Be grateful. Let the gratefulness begin in setting the value and respect that ultimately ends up towards God. Pray for them. Get in partnership with God who does change hearts, who does work on the things that are unseen, who does not give up. Work in partnership with him and make these folks that are close to you an object of prayer. Expect better than you've been expecting. Many, I have much concern here. Many relationships have moved into this lukewarm state of indifference and giving up on expectations. It sounds like this. They're never gonna change. I've tried. I have tried. God knows I've tried. You quit. And you must never quit on expecting the best. So love the people in my life. Like Jesus is, is the last one. And we leave you with this. Loving like Jesus is not impossible. Stop that talk. You're missing something completely when you go that way. You're missing something solid and theological. Where is Jesus? Where is he? When you receive Christ, where is he? He's in you. 
And if he's in you, you can love like Jesus. Pretty simple math, isn't it? Stop the bad theology. You just have to love them like Jesus. And you say, oh, I can't. Yes, you can. Because you got Jesus. That's going to create heat and cold. You're going to work on clearly defined problems in the cold. You are going to see the heat stronger and more passionate. Your relationships can re-emerge in a way that's got, again, passion within them, created by these two things, but it cannot do anything with indifference. And that part's up to you. Because Jesus says in that scripture, I wish, oh, right away he's saying, I'm not gonna just do it. He's saying, this is in your department now. Because if it was in his power, he'd say, I'm just gonna make you hot or cold. Now he says, I wish you were. What's he doing? He's respecting your will. He's respecting your stewardship, your management, your choice. I wish you were. So he leaves it with us. I must make decisions, you must make decisions, but our relational world will stay untouched by the best until we honor the habits that actually produce relationships that matter, that are healthy, that are strong. Would you stand with me, please? Father, as we bow our heads, we are very grateful. Grateful to you. We are grateful for what you've done for us. And Lord, where we've been indifferent towards you, forgive us. Where we have come to you with lukewarmness and we're going, eh, when you were talking to us. When word of God comes and speaks to us, when you make yourself real to us or your intentions or will in some way and we have treated it with a, eh, when we know the right things to do, but we treat them with, eh. When we know that we are being called to a higher performance and practice and works, we go, eh, forgive us. Forgive us. Forgive us for finding it so easy to ignore you. Father, we... we we pray for ourselves that you will work in us. That Lord, to bring glory to yourself, that you will bring us the wisdoms that are needed, oh God. We pray, oh God, that in our hearts, that our hearts will never tolerate lukewarm. Not towards our spouses, not towards our families in any way, shape, or form. That we will get into a very intolerant stance against lukewarm. We pray, oh God, that you will forgive us when our expectations of those that you've placed dear into our lives have not been with any faith touch or hope touch. Only, uh, And Lord, finally, 
We thank you that you're in our life, Christ, when we receive you as our Savior. And we once more re-engage that the power is of you, but you are in us. And so we look to you. We know it's you that changes hearts. We ask you to change ours and to change our families. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our program. If you find this broadcast to be helpful, please let us know. You can call us at 780-539-0572 or email mail at peopleschurchgp.com.